Welcome to The Mend, a podcast to learn about services and support for victims and survivors of crime, sponsored through the Center of Crime Victim Services here in Vermont. I am Anna Nassett, host of this bi-monthly podcast and show, and today I'm delighted to have my friend Sean Johnson here to talk about SANE nursing programs. Welcome, Sean. Hello, and thank you for having me here. Absolutely. The show was created to take a deeper look at services, organizations, and concepts for victims and survivors of crime. We want to acknowledge our healing process and provide resources, not only in our state of Vermont, but throughout the country, that could benefit victims of crime as they begin to mend. I do always want to begin with a trigger warning. Our goal is to create a safe place to discuss topics of healing, but with that in mind, we may occasionally hear a story related to crime discuss our mental health, or have other sensitive subject matter. We urge you to be careful and listen at your own discretion. So as I said, it's my privilege to introduce Sean Johnson, a sexual assault nurse examiner from the University of New England in Portland, Maine. Sean has been a nurse for six years and is currently working as regional coordinator for the University of New England Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner Program. In his role, Sean is known for promoting evidence-based practices while still considering the individual's needs of his patients and the growing number of forensic nurses in Maine. He's always willing to go above and beyond to ensure that his patients receive the best possible care. And in his free time, Sean loves to DJ and is an avid photographer. Welcome, Sean. Thank you again. Yes, Sean and I got to meet earlier this year through working together um, when I got to go out to Maine, and I'm just delighted to have you on here to talk about this really important work. And I am as well, too, because, I mean, the state of forensic nursing, I mean, it's something that, I mean, we definitely need to talk talk about more as a resource, because um, unfortunately, a lot of people just don't know that we have this role to help them. So thank you again for having me on. Absolutely. So as we kind of kick off and we'll start talking more about the work you do, but could you give us a short overview and only if you're comfortable of how you were called into nursing and then specifically into SANE nursing? Uh, I was called into the medical field because I was a medical assistant for seven years prior to getting my nur- nursing. Um, and prior to that, I actually wasn't banking. So ner- so the medical field is a very, is a second career for for me. Um, what brought me into nursing was I just loved caring for patients. I loved um, just providing them that care just to get them on a road of healing. Um, what brought me into forensics was it was a happy accident because in because in nursing school, forensic nursing and care for a sexual assault patient, it's not talked about within nursing school. So in nursing school, I never knew that this was a field a field of nursing. Um, it's it wasn't until I started working inside of the ER that I saw a flyer for for a forty hour tra- training course. Um, so I talked to my managers and I was like, I am interested in this, which did prompt a lot of questions because there are not many men. Uh, that do work with within the, this field. Um, and I took the 40-hour course and I found my passion for the patients that I want to provide care for. Um, and I haven't looked back since, which is really nice. 
amazing. And thank you. And we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of the, the gender discrepancies within this yeah. field as we move on. Um, like being called to this work, you also are out there educating now too, because you mm-hmm. are the regional coordinator for the SANE program at University of New England. So can you educate us a little bit about what a forensic nurse is and what type of work you're doing on a state level, um, a couple states over from our little state of Vermont, but similar work is being done here as well. So just kind of share with us about what a forensic nurse is and what type of work you're doing in the educational field. Yeah. So forensic nurses are our training and our role within within the hospital setting is to care for any patient that has been a victim of of any sort of sexual violence. Um, So that is a that's a couple of different things. Sexual assault is definitely one 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 of those human trafficking. Uh, and domestic violence. So anything that 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 encompasses those three three things is really what our training is for. Um, a lot of our training is specifically for 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 the for the se- sexual assault patients, but the outreach of that training is very very vast. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We do collect any sort of evidence on patients, um, but what we do for for the patient is very patient-led. So the workup that we do, patient has the complete choice of, of what they would like done. Um, and we will make that ha- make that happen for them right as best as we possibly can. Um, that's kind of a, a brief over, over, overview on forensic nursing there. Um, within the actual state, part of what my role is, is to go into hospitals and do like trainings on stuff that forensic nurses see, uh, to try to educate staff with, within those ho- hospitals, how to care for a patient that has gone through some sort of sexualized trauma within their within their life um because a lot of clinicians as as well as nurses and techs and so on they don't understand that everyone that they interact with has gone through trauma at some point with with within their life and just trying to bring that to them like this is how you care for a trauma victim because in health because in health care, when we hear tra- trauma victim, our first thoughts are, is it a car accident? Is it some someone fell off of a ladder from like three, four stories high? But don't they, we, a lot of health healthcare professionals don't understand trauma is much more than just the physical. It is also the e- the emotional there too. So just trying to educate health like health healthcare systems within Maine like it's much more than what you think it is here's some added training for and those trainings also do act as re as as recruitment tools for nurses to join our 40-hour training to slowly bring them right into the forensic field awesome thank you that's a really good overview 
And one of the things I really liked that you said was that when working with a patient is really patient led. Um, have, have you read the book, Know My Name by Chanel Miller? I have not yet. It That's is a, on my list of books. It's a really good book. And she kind of describes that process of being in the hospital with um, the forensic nurses. And for listeners who are kind of wanting to see what that looks like, um, it's a really beautifully sad, very sad done description of that process. But I think, you know, what is so important is that patient led focus and that in a time when a patient feels like all their power and control has been stripped away, that they're able to make choice and have voice within this incredibly trying and difficult experience of being in the hospital, I think is so important. And yeah, and, and to do those things of looking outside of like just the physical trauma, um, you know, if someone comes in, yes, like from a car crash, we can see that we can see the trauma that's happened to them. But if someone comes in from domestic violence or sexual violence, there's a whole nother load of trauma that comes along with that. And that it's so important. Yeah. For clinicians to be able to be educated on that. And thank you for being a part of that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so within this work, how can you, how have you seen kind of like we've talked about who forensic nurses serves, but what types are there different types of forensic nurses? Um, and also how has your SANE program in Maine grown over the years? And just kind of, you know, kind of show us a little bit of how this has grown in a short amount of time relatively um, within the state. And that's, you know, mirrored here in our state as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of the, edit, a lot of the, edit, the ed the education for forensic nurses is all based on on sexual assault. However, our a lot of us have now started to reach out and do all of the extra training to really help better serve our um, the 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 trafficking patients as well as the D DV patient because a lot of what our training. For for a sexual assault patient, it definitely transfers over to that type of violence too. Um, so the primary role was the beginning of it was just for the set the 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 sexual assault paid patient. Um, but over time, we've all realized we need to also provide the same level of care to these other patients here too. So a lot of us within the state, as well as other states that I have talked to, the forensic nurses just, I mean, they take care of anyone that is a victim of rid of, rid of interpersonal violence. Any of that gender-based violence, that is what we will provide trauma in, uh, in informed care for. And so that's how the the role started versus to where it's kind of lead, leading to now. A lot, a, a lot of programs are branching out, and now some in some states they do have their own standalone centers outside of hospitals for 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 anyone that has been affected by that type of vi violence, just to provide much better care. Um, Within Maine, we're now starting to offer a lot of extra trainings to bring all of the forensic nurses in every part of Maine up to 
a higher standard of of care, not just for the sexual assault patient, but for every single patient that 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 they come in con con contact with, because because uh, most of the forensic nurses within Maine also have a dual role inside of the ER. So they're also a ER nurse as well as a forensic nurse. So it's just training them. Like, it doesn't matter if you're taking care of someone who is coming in with belly pain or someone who is stating that they are a trafficking vi victim. Provide the same level of care and trauma-informed in, uh, in care there because we don't know what that, that, hit, that full history of what every single patient that we see has gone, has has gone through. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just sharing, you know, the growth that you have all had in Maine, it really mirrors the gender-based violence movement in a way, you know, in the seventies, we were calling it the battered women movement. And, you know, we were coming a long way to realize how everything intersects that, you know, within the forensic nursing, that the domestic violence intersects with sexual assault, intersects with stalking, intersects with trafficking, and learning how to approach that in a more comprehensive way is so important. And, you know, I know that we can all be like, we want to see everything change now, but to look at how much has been done in a relatively short amount of time within this field is really powerful. Agreed. And, completely. And that we're going to keep learning and growing together. <laughs> and, you know, as I say, it's the ripple, like, you know, we're, we're the little pebble and then it ripples out and we might not get to see all the ripples. We probably, we won't but we still keep being that pebble to create that ripple effect. Exactly. Because I know that some of the stuff that I'm doing within Maine and, and helping some other states with, I know I'm never going to see what the end result of that is going to actually be. And I know that, but I also know groundwork is being laid for the, for the, for the future here. And that's something that, I mean, with, with the movement here, with, we see stuff back in the seventies that's now coming. That's now the key focal point now that they brought up right back then, which is, it just shows progress is being made. It may be slow, unfortunately, but progress is being made. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one question I would have for you that I didn't send to you, but I think is a, a good question kind of that because Maine does mirror Vermont in a lot of ways. So you have very, very rural populations a couple of bigger cities. Um, how do how is your forensic nursing in these very rural areas as compared to a little bit bigger areas? I wish I would say it's equal all throughout the state. Unfortunately, that's not the it's not the actual case. And I know that Maine, with other states um, that also kind of are like both both of ours, do kind of mirror us as well. Um, our more urban cent centers do have a very large number of forensic nurses. Unfortunately, when it comes to more of the rural and county air areas, there may be one in one hospital, and there's three hospitals surrounding them that don't have one. It's still um, it's still something that we are trying to at least change because unfortunately within Maine, there are still six hospitals that don't have a forensic nurse right, right on staff or has even gone through any sort of training for it. Um, so it is something that 
we are working on um, and now where some of the restrictions that COVID put on a lot of us are starting to to ease hopefully by middle of next year we may get that number from six down to three hope and that's that's and that's what our goal is yep absolutely so if you're listening from Maine we need three <laughs> <laughs> um so one of the things we kind of talked about early on, or you mentioned kind of as we started off, was being a cisgender male in mm -hmm. this field and how that has impacted your work. Um, can you just kind of share with me how you've handled those hurdles or criticisms or judgments and how you've continued in this work within those? Yeah. I'll talk about some of the hurdles here first. Some of the hurdles um, were from from within the hospital that I used to work at, because um, a lot of the patients that came in are cis females or or um, part, part part of the LGBTQ plus uh, group, and so a lot of concerns were: would they even let me examine them, offer my services right uh, right as a forensic nurse to to them? There was also concerns about the legal side of it, right, as well, too, because they were concerned about that as well, too. Um, however, when it comes down to it, the patients, the patients that I have taken care of, they never saw me as a cisgender male. They never saw me as anyone else besides a nurse providing fantastic care to them and taking care of what their needs were. Um, out of all of the patients that I've offered my services to, I've only been asked not to do it once out of the 60 plus that I have done. Um, but that was also, there were some other situations with, with that and I did not take any sort of offense for it. For it. And I was like, no, I understand. Let me and it was not it was no issue on my on my on my on my part there with some of the hurdles to overcome those hurdles i did have to really rely on some of the data that is out there saying that yes males are also victims as well too of dv of 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 sexual assault, anything that falls within that umbrella there, and I always had to press with press with them. We give our patients choice of their nurse, but why aren't we doing it in these type of a situations right as well? And so a lot a lot of their views really started to actually change. And once I started to actually pra practice. Within within the hospital, I had no hurdles or cha challenges. I had a very su uh, su su uh, supportive team and management that really like fostered growth. So um, it wasn't. It actually wasn't overly bad. I know that is not the actual case for every. Um, male that is entering this this field because i do know that um there's a lot harsher environments where they may not be able to actually take this training training which is sad um and i hope that changes soon um 
when it comes to criticism, I have not had a whole lot um, with our SART teams with within Maine. Um, I have a great relationship with them and we help each other grow and so on. Um, so crit criticism really has not been anything that I have faced um, th th throughout this journey here. That's awesome to hear. Thank you for sharing about that. <clears throat> I think, you know, I think back on kind of my own experiences of, you know, not necessarily needing a sexual assault nurse, but just being in the hospital that it really is like, the right person comes to you when you need it most. Mm -hmm. And I know my mother and I have talked about that of, you know, watching my father pass that there was like the right nurse that was there the night that I was up all night with him. And there was the right nurse that was there with my mom. And we just kind of have thought about that over the years of just like, it's the right person at the right time. And, and yeah, you don't necessarily see their gender in that moment at all. And um, just getting to know you as an individual, I can see how you would really, really excel in this field. Thank you. Um, so what would you say to encourage people thinking about entering the forensic nursing field um, for whatever state they're in right now that are listening to this? I always say reach out to someone who is doing it right now, because if they're even considering it, they have a lot of questions. And unfortunately, someone who doesn't work within this field can't answer those questions just because they just don't know kind of what we see and kind of what our day our, our day to day is. So I would reach out and talk to someone who is in who is in the actual field. And there are so many of us right, right on Instagram that talk about what we do and we don't shy away from it. Even reach out to some to some of us that do it because um, we'll talk to anyone. That's one thing about forensic nurses. We don't shy away about talking about it or what we see. Uh, sometimes it's very hard to hear, but it's the truth. It is what we it is what we do for work. Yes. Well, I would, you know, second that as I've, you know, moved deeper and deeper into this field of you get a few of us at dinner together. And I always feel bad for like the passerby who's like, what are these people talking about? My God. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, some of us, we don't, and we're quite loud. Nurses are loud in general. Um, yes, we've had some weird looks with some of the ones in Maine that we've gone out to eat and we talk about speculums and we've gotten some weird, weird looks. So Yes. But it's also, you know, I think a part of that is, and that's something I talk about in some of the trainings I give is about like normalizing these conversations. Yes. You know, part of us growing this movement, part of us seeing change is around normalizing these conversations um, because that's so important that we're not just all tucked away. And it's so important for the victim or survivor who may overhear you to be like, mm -hmm. oh, there are people there. So I think normalizing mm -hmm. this is such a big part. And yeah, echo what you said as well of like, if you're interested in this field, reach out to somebody in your state or, you know, we'll give some resources at the very end. But yeah. So as we start to wind down today, um, what would you like to say from your professional capacity to victims and survivors who may be listening today who may have gone through that experience of having a forensic exam or or opted not to? You are believed. That is the first thing I want to echo. Most importantly, you are believed. Um, 
and also it's your story it's yours to share if you want to and also yours to not to share if you don't want it, want to don't feel pressure by anyone outside of the medical field or by anyone to share your sto story um and that care is out there for when you're ready for it even if that's a week after or three years after care is a is a available at every hospital thank you yes and i always i love whenever we start with by believing it's yes. so important as yes. we always have to start by <laughs> believing so is there anything else that you would like to kind of cover today that we haven't fully addressed not that i can think of okay um Thank you so much for your voice and your passion and your time today. Um, it is such a pleasure to know you and a pleasure to have gotten to work with you. Is there any other like positive message, just like a little sentence or something you'd like to share at the end to just our general listeners, whether they are a victim survivor or just listening for more information? I would have to say to the general nurse that is out there or really within anyone within health health care and it doesn't matter what your role is. always start by believing first and you have to learn trauma-informed care and it does not matter what your role inside of the hospital is because it will help benefit you professionally as well as personally so that would probably have to be my closing statement to here Yes. And I would tap into that understanding the intersection of violence, Yes, um, the different layers of how these things appear. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that we did work together was you had me come out and speak about stalking to the SANE nurses. And at first I was like, I don't understand why you want me to do this, which was, you know, kind of an odd thing to admit, but then realizing that like all, you know, we just have to keep learning and educating because all of these things tie in together and very well could save someone's life. So yeah. thank you for continuing to promote that on a state level and nationally as well. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So that does it for us this week, friends. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us. Um, thank to you learn again for having me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Um, absolutely. To learn more about forensic nursing, um, you can go to forensicnurses.org. So it's F-O-R-E-N-S-I-C-N-U-R-S-E-S dot -E org. Um, if you have any ideas or questions about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me at standupresources.com. I'm your host, Anna Nasset, and I look forward to being with you every other week here on The Mend. Be well, be strong, and goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or feedback. We love hearing new topic ideas from listeners and watchers as well. Thank you for listening to The Mend and be well.